All right, gang, it is that time of the week. It's the best Tuesday you've had all week, and we are excited to be here with the True Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, back and live, because D- I'm ready to rock after vacation. Joining me in studio. Matt Dixon. Matt, David. Thank it, you. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like a Tuesday. It feels like a Monday. It's a muse day. We've been over this. No, no. I, we gave that one up. Yeah. It's a ton day. It's a ton day. Ton day. Right, that's when you combine your Tuesdays and Mondays together. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, salute to uh, really all of our service personnel out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memorial Day, which of course is not just those that are active, but those that uh, we salute. And you know, there's been a great deal of sacrifice in this country, and so just to those out there that have been part of that sacrifice, we want to acknowledge that and say thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say though that you know you shorten the week now because mm-hmm. we took monday off and so did the markets and now we get to cram everything into four days instead of five which makes for more interesting pin action sometimes and of like, course coming up on the end of the month mm-hmm. so maybe some extra trades a little bit higher volume potentially potentially sometimes what's here's what's interesting sometimes you get lower volume but more aggressive movement hmm. uh, this is, is something a mentor taught me years ago oftentimes the most aggressive movement in the market comes on low volume Right, just because the difference between what someone's willing to pay for it and what someone's willing to sell is maybe a little bit greater just because there's not as many buyers in the marketplace? Yeah, it's it's that um, the more the more buyers and sellers you have, the more give and take, right? So you get smaller right. incremental steps in between. What on low volume can happen is if you have people that really want to buy, but you don't have a lot of people willing to sell, then you can get price shifts where it will right, gap you could up. drive the price up. Yeah, because yeah. nobody's trying to sell. And so it, it takes somebody going like, all right, that, if you're going to pay me that much, I'll do it. Right, And so it's that lower volume, aggressive buying can really push things higher. So sometimes in these shortened weeks, we see that kind of activity. Sometimes when you're getting near uh, critical deadlines like options expiration, those can all drive it too. So it just depends, right? And, and sometimes it's just a slow day, right? And, and that's, it's particularly interesting in the summertime where you can have uh, just uh, like people aren't in the office as much. They're out having fun. Yeah. They got it's the like, ski hey, the boat out. good and uh-huh. the kids are out of school. We're going to take a family vacay. And this is what's going to happen, which is, by the way, why I was not in studio last week. Were um, you getting some sun rays? Uh, definitely got some, uh, what it was, a vitamin D therapy. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was very nice. good. Um, had a little visit to the Aloha State, nice. and uh, that yeah, we didn't suffer. I'll put it that way: we did not suffer. It was nice to get out there. Uh, did you do any snorkeling while you were there? Uh, yeah, that's sort of a obl- obligatory. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you go to Hawaii and don't snorkel, then uh, I think either you can't really, swim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're you have a water phobia, or you had a really good offer that I'm unaware of, because it was just so easy. We were. Um, we spent a few days in Kauai with uh, family, and then we spent a few days in Maui, and never been to Maui before. So that was kind hmm. of a fun adventure. Where in Maui did you go? Oh, Kanapali, I think is the way you okay. say it. So yeah. we're on the Kanapali coastline, and uh, there was some reef right where we were staying. And so you get out there, and you know, the, I mean, the fish were right there. That's you pretty know, you're, cool. You're, 20 feet off the shore and mm-hmm. you're swimming in a school of 100 fish so it's kind nice of, kind of fun i like it yeah so speaking of true wealth moments right mm-hmm. there you go uh but now it's back to real life 
good news is, as you could probably tell by, like, God, he's wired. It's like, oh, buddy. Did you recharge those batteries? He did. You know, mm-hmm. you come back and uh, you're just ready to go. Like, it's it re-energized. And, you know, and, that's um, what Justin and I were talking about last week while yeah. we were in Hawaii. We were talking about, you know, you got to have these moments where, you know, you're going out and you're having fun because it doesn't benefit you to just never do anything with your life, right? Like, we always focus on money and saving, but sometimes it's okay to spend because you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, there's resource management. There's energy management. And I think this is all part of that cocktail, mm-hmm. right? And then there's this really interesting equation. As I get a little older, this is becoming more and more relevant to me, which is the deferral versus gratification equation, right? Which is, and here's the thing, like there's tremendous financial reward to deferring gratification, but there is the possibility in some scenarios that you just you, defer too long you and you never get any grat. Yeah, yeah, like like that opportunity is just gone. Right? Or so, you know your health changes and you never get an opportunity to enjoy any type of gratification. So it's right. really important to take opportunities when you can and when it makes sense yeah. to go have some fun. And, and so I like conceptually, and here's the neat thing. I believe that there are always opportunities to do things that are meaningful at any point in your life that don't require a ton of resources. It's true. Right? In fact, many of the best things I've ever done weren't expensive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been I've climbed to mountaintops and had views that you just can't get any other way and it the, just the took cost the gas to get there. Sweat equity, yeah. Right? And yeah. time. Uh, but it didn't there was not a significant capital outlay for that. I've also had some experiences that you shelled out some coin to get it done and they were amazing. So it, they're not mutually exclusive. And but, but the the neat thing is oftentimes some of the like the mountain hiking is easier when you're younger than as you get older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's good because when you're younger and you have fewer resources, that's a decent trade if you're going to defer gratification. So just consider that in the cocktail of how you make your decisions. Uh, and and I will continue to uh, let's not get off the on, off the scent of wants versus needs. Mm-hmm. And everything has appropriate timing. Right. Right. And so the appropriate timing is not every time. Like, uh, and this is if you're living paycheck to paycheck, we've been over this before. It's not time to take a credit card out to go buy experiences. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry. I know you want to. It's possible sometimes that an experience that you'd like to have, you just don't have the capacity. And that's a bummer. Right. But that's everybody makes trades. Yeah. But if you try to buy the experience with money you don't have not only will it cost more but it will typically cost you other experiences too so you better be really confident in that trade okay now where's an example of a a trade where you may pay for something up front with money you don't have but it's worth it hmm i can think of a handful Maybe like a camp trailer, right? Like- <laughs> so you're going to go do the item. I was thinking yeah. about, um, so we we do this with homes. Yeah. Like a lot of the time you borrow money to purchase a home, and that's because you're going to start building equity in the home, and you're going to spend money to be in a place anyway. Right. Right. So if you can own the home as opposed to renting it, it's not always the case that it's financially beneficial, but it often is. Mm-hmm. Just because there's some appreciation right. often that follows. Right. Um, here's an interesting one. Education. Controversial. 
right? Mm, yeah. Controversial. Uh, I will say education, if it is an investment, right, increases your ability to earn, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that there has to be a direct payoff, right? There, there really like, does, and and it, it's unfortunate to say this, but so many people will go into education. They're not. They don't know what they're interested in. But they've just sort of been given this. Uh, blanket message it like well just go get an education and that will make you better mm-hmm. i'm like uh that is a real uh, unfortunate bit of advice for somebody because one there's this education and what it matters right you go get a useless degree your education in my opinion is still pretty useless and to the person banging their you know hand on the desk saying no you know if you get a, a you know a liberal arts degree it shows you can learn and this that and the other i had news for you Employers don't care. No. Right? They don't care if you don't develop the skills that they need to hire you. Well, and then you also got to think, what if that person who spent four or five years in college were to go out into the workforce and get a job right away? Those extra four or five years of contributing to a 401k, for example, Mm -hmm. just run the numbers. That's all I'm going to say. Just go and run the numbers. Right. So it's got to have... A tangible return on investment. Yeah, I mean, if you start your life a hundred thousand dollars in debt for a job that you could have arguably got without the degree, correct? And you could have been four or five years net positive in correct. your earnings and in your retirement. You probably made the wrong call. Yeah, and you know there are people. Oh, you just got to follow your passion. And I go, if your passion makes you broke, don't follow your passion. Yeah. Okay. I love that. The passion can be a hobby that you can keep but you're going to need something else to support your lifestyle. And it's if if <laughs> really ranty here, really ranty. But if your solution is to force somebody else to pay for your lifestyle through redistribution by the government. <laughs> Does that give you goosebumps? <laughs> there's no nobility in that, right? That's that's you saying, "Well, I'm passionate about something that's not valued by anybody else but me, mm-hmm. and I want somebody to force you guys to pay." Hey, for Hey, I it. think the key was "I want." You just said "I want," and yeah. that's really what this comes down yeah. to, right? And I think somebody else has more resources than me, and that's not cool. So I can rationalize taking it from them, so I can do what I want. And I go, "There's, there's no nobility in that." Mm-mm. No, you're just no. you want to take from somebody else. And there, you know what? If you're out there nodding and you agree with me. Awesome, you're my people. And if you disagree with me, I'm like, well, you better have a really good reason. Mm-hmm. And I, can't, I mean, I just can't conjure it up here. And it can't be, well, nobody needs that much. I don't care what they need. If somebody works for it or they, they have it, that's the point is not like, well, then I have a right to redistribute it from them, to, to pay for people that won't contribute. Okay, That's different than people that can't contribute. There's a huge okay? difference. Very different. Like people that would otherwise willingly contribute, but they have, for whatever reason, lost the capability of doing so. That is different. That's why the system should exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for the people that are capable, but otherwise will not, that presents a moral dilemma for the system at large. Mm-hmm. And we can't have it. Right? We just, you, you, everybody's got to contribute to the system for it to function. And you, you can't play this game of somebody else has more and therefore we should take from them. Okay, right. That's just, that's not a moral pathway to success on this one. It doesn't mean that we can't have a progressive system of taxation or so forth, but the idea that it should supplement people that will not contribute is false. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that we've got that rant out of the way. Yeah. What do you got on the menu for us okay, today, David? So this happened this morning. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, our investment committee met for a bonus meeting. This happens when we have uh, just the way Tuesdays get scheduled because we do our committee meetings on Tuesdays, right? Because Mondays get jacked up all the time. We know that. Uh, so every other Tuesday, well, sometimes you get three Tuesdays in a month. So bonus meeting is when you get a free Tuesday to talk about whatever you want because it's not normal agenda stuff. And why do we have something interesting come up? Okay. It's a console. I'll just tell you, we were talking about artificial intelligence, okay, and how this may potentially change the market, the world as we understand and know it. And we're going to talk about, like, for you as investors, what does AI mean, right? Or what could it mean? But we got to take our first insane profit break. So everybody stick around. We're going to unpack the next possibly really big trend in the market. I like it. All right. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. You listen to The True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back to The True Wealth radio show where, Matt, how can they get caught up? Check out the podcast. So tomorrow we'll be getting it up on the website. If you want to check us out, go to littlejohnfs.com. Yep. And a bunch of other free tools at the webpage there. So, uh, when we do this show, right, we talk about all kinds of stuff on here, but it's it's geared toward investors. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to pull a few nuggets of knowledge out of here, and we're always trying to encourage you. Like if you if you're a do-it-yourselfer, awesome, learn, keep doing it. If you're an intend to do-it-yourselfer but never get around to it, then you're just a negligent do-it-yourselfer. And it may be worth getting somebody to help because at least the job gets done, right? Mm-hmm. I've had to learn this about, like, I, I had to get a yard service, right? Or my lawn would look like a jungle. Yeah. You can do it, but do you procrastinate if it's on your own shoulders? Or maybe you just don't have the time? Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. mean, it's a combination. Like, the, the time that is left, I just don't want to do it. right? And it's not... I'm not better than it. It's just we got three kids all running around in activities, and we got all kinds of stuff going on. Like you just run out of hours in the day. Well, in the world that we live in, right, things change so rapidly, day to day, month to month. If you're not in it all the time, like if you tune out for a couple weeks and you come back, you're like, whoa, things are different. Are we talking about mowing the lawn or investments? Investments. (laughs) Okay. And the lawn. Because if I leave my yard for a week or two and I come back to it, it's like. If it's like two weeks right now, you may not be able to cut it. Right. You're out there with the weed whacker trying to hack the lawn down before you mow it. Investments are the same way as that lawn. I swear you can almost see the grass grow. It's growing so fast right now. Yeah. Try try ivy and wisteria in your backyard. Oh, no. No, thank you. But. I have ivy and wisteria and a lawn that loves to grow quick. So it is a full-time occupation. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, yeah, don't get a bigger lawn then. No, but I have managed to train the ivy to just overtake the entire fence. So now my fence is like all green, and it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's been a it's, patient game. It's cool until the fence rots. <laughs> like, it's all metal. Oh. It's all metal. I, I, it's but, cool until the fence rots. Yeah. <laughs> It just will take a while. Yeah, it'll take some years, but it's going to look good in the meantime. There you go. All right, so anyway, we when we left at the break, we ended the rant. Mm-hmm. But I want we, we, this is an interesting conversation to me and hopefully to our listeners. So, Matt, mm-hmm. we were talking as a committee about 
artificial intelligence. Now, right. what what kind of precipitated this is there's a company out there you may or may not have heard of called NVIDIA. Okay, And if you want to look this up, it has a ticker symbol, NVDA. Now, I will say that we have owned this in the past. Some of our clients own it today. Uh, I personally own some. So I just need to disclose that it is something that has been on the radar. But here's what's What's interesting about it is I'm not making a recommendation for this. Don't get me wrong. I just want to share something that happened in the last week. NVIDIA shot up in one day, like 17% in one day. And then it proceeded to go up even further. So it's up over yeah. 20% in like a week. Matt, yeah, what happened? Like, well, what's the move? So they released some you know, news that they're their financial numbers are looking amazing, right? They've got a ton of orders and all of the orders are really centrally focused on the need to expand artificial intelligence. And NVIDIA right now at the moment has superior uh, graphics processing units. None of the other companies are really quite, you know, at that company's level. You know, AMD has a good product, Intel has a product, but everyone wants what NVIDIA has. And they saw their numbers improving at a just an insane yeah, rate. Staggering. Yeah. Staggering. Staggering is a great word for it. And so shareholders and investors looked at this and said, hey, this company is growing really rapidly. We want in. And people bought, bought, bought. And, and nobody was selling. Yeah. And, and so what did we talk about in the first segment of the show. Yeah. Buyers versus sellers. There was right. a lot more buyers that showed up. And so we saw the price of NVIDIA skyrocket. And then what happened? I mean, AMD, they jumped yeah, big. Other companies, Taiwan Semiconductor, yep. uh, Broadcom. They, yeah. A bunch. So here's, l let me try to add a little more color for our listeners, right? NVIDIA was really popular a few years ago, too. In the gaming. Well, it's Area. so it started yeah. as primarily graphics processors. Like mm -hmm. you could have bought a, a laptop and it would have an NVIDIA graphics processor chip. Right. You don't need to know what that means. It's just that it's like having a separate processor. So you got the, the processor of the computer is sort of like the workhorse brain. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it's the thing that's doing all so of the routines and running the, the software yeah. and whatnot. The well, CPU versus the GPU. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. The central processing unit versus the graphics processing right. unit. And the GPU, and I'm, I'm trying to simplify this, plus I'm not varsity at explaining computer stuff. So we're just going to keep it simple. Right. But basically, if you wanted your computer to run faster and you were going to do a lot of gaming or other graphics intensive stuff like video editing, it made sense to separate out the graphics management from the other software management. So you ended up with two processors in the computer, one for graphics and one for the rest of everything. And NVIDIA kind of focused and on the GPU NVIDIA's section. Deal, right? Yeah. Well, then they made, they, for desktop computers, they made graphics cards, things that you could add to a motherboard to supplement a system that had a, a CPU, right? The central processing unit. It turns out that the architecture for their graphics cards was really efficient at mining cryptocurrency, performing the calculations associated with crypto mining. And so everybody started buying these NVIDIA boards to put into computers to make mining units. Mm -hmm. And that was this huge swell of resources as NVIDIA grew and grew and grew because it was so popular when Bitcoin and everything was going nuts. Okay. Then enter the new age of 
artificial intelligence that's starting to proliferate. It turns out the architecture for their GPU happens to be very efficient for a lot of the processing needed for artificial intelligence as well. So now they've got this new wind at their, in their sails in the marketplace. So they're, it's really interesting. Now, I'm not telling you this again. It's, this is not a story about NVIDIA. I'm not making recommendations on this one, right? It's a story about a new widget, right? First, it was cryptocurrency that was the popular item. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about the artificial intelligence wave that's hit the market. You know, it and it happened fast. It's crazy how fast this is. The last six months, this has basically blown up. Mm -hmm. Okay. In in a lot of these instances, some of these companies have blown up in the last 30 days. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And it kind of makes sense because a lot of investor capital was sort of coming out of the marketplace and nobody wanted to put it into bonds and they, because did they, the yields were yeah. rising. They didn't know where to put it, right? There was no like clear-cut path of like, this is where the money's flowing. Yeah. And so we, I mean, whether or not we're in a bubble market for artificial intelligence, I don't know. But when people started to see what ChatGPT could do, they were blown away. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like, artificial intelligence is going to take over the world. Right? Now, that's just one type of AI is ChatGPT. I guess there's also been some graphic stuff, right? You've mm -hmm. seen uh, like the, what is it, the WALL-E program or something that, that can Right, the digital art. Digital art. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like you just give it a description. Give me a, yeah, dolly. A, a, a monkey in an astronaut suit uh, jumping off a of cotton candy on a unicorn. Yeah. And it's like, it can do it, right? It, it can figure that out and render something that would approximate that. Mm -hmm. And then you can give it more details. You know, put the, put the sky, make it look like space, but make the ground look like uh, candy land and gumdrops. And it can do it. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that it could take human vocal descriptions and then turn them into digital artwork. Pictures. Yeah. So artificial intelligence has kind of caught everybody's attention. Now the question is, where does it go? And this is the question that our investment committee was asking is, mm -hmm. what is the future of AI? Now, maybe you have some idea. Now, if you're out there, I'm going to just take this one off the table. Maybe it is the Terminator and we're all going to get killed by robots. I'm not thinking that's how it's going to go down. I know it's great in Hollywood, but I don't think that's the way it's going to go down. And and I'll, and here's my theory why. So far, AI has not organized and gotten along. Right? Different forms of AI, if put, for example, into the marketplace, compete with each other. Like if you try to get an uh, an artificial intelligence uh, program to trade the stock market and it's competing with another artificial intelligence program, they will compete. They don't mm -hmm collaborate they try to win and they'll try to spoof the other one and they'll try to find hacks to to work around it it it, it play it's plays to its self-interest or to its design i should say really so I, you know but i guess if you could give ai the ability to you know control things and gave it too vague of a mission objective and it wanted to go you know you were in the way it probably would bowl right over you and it has no moral objection to eliminating it's the things that are in its way so yeah i get that part but i don't think it's the terminator not for a while yeah so glad we had that talk but what is it going to be yeah, that's that's really the question but i think the better question might be what is it not going to be because ai 
we're just seeing the initial phases of this mm-hmm. thing. And five years from now, six years from now, what does it look like then? Is it 20 times more powerful than it is today? We saw that with the internet, right? The internet started really, really small in a right. sense. And, you know, fast forward to where we are today, you know, Facebook, you know, you can buy anything in the world on the internet. You can shop for real estate on the internet. Sure. The internet jumped light years ahead of where anyone thought it would probably be in a very, very short window of time. And I look at AI and I say, okay, chat GPT, for example, that's really, really powerful now. And we're blown away by it. But with the technological advances that we're seeing, imagine just in a few years how much different AI looks tomorrow than it does today. At what point are you even able to determine, like, on a phone call, is it a real person or is it AI? Yeah, and right now, you probably can. Right now, you can. But in a couple years from now, will you be able to determine what is a person and what is AI? My suspicion is yes. Hmm. Right? Now, there's a why behind this. Okay. Okay. But since we're up on a break... I'll just make everybody hang on that one, right? Uh, when you come back, like, why do I think you'll be able to tell? And other things, AI, and where are we headed with this one? Because, you know, I agree. I think it can change the world, but it doesn't have to be awful. Stick around. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you got True Well on News Radio 939 FM and 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with Matt Dixon. All right, we left our listeners hanging with a key question here. Mm -hmm. The question was, will we be able to discern AI from people in the future? Mm -hmm. And first, what what do you think, Matt? It depends on how far into the future we look, but I do think that... Let's say 20 years from now. I don't think we'll be able to tell. And I'm going to asterisk that with saying, in some instances you will, right? Because if I pick up the phone and... Someone's like, you know, we're having a conversation. Oh, where are you from? And then you start talking about your family. AI doesn't have a family. Maybe it can pretend to try and look more legitimate, but. Um, See, I think the answer is yes, unless you're being lied to. Hmm. Right? And here's that's what I you, mean. Yeah. Here's what I mean, right? I think that there will be a disclosure that's required to say, like, this is an AI system. Oh. Right. And if it doesn't disclose, then that would be a nefarious actor. Right. Somebody maybe. I really I really hope that that's the case, because I feel like people would be easily fooled into thinking something is. Well, here's why I think it heads that way. Okay, And this is me thinking kind of really on the fringes of things. But I think it's a liability management issue. Well, yeah. The really scary thing, though, is to think about. And I hate to like be the person that makes things scary, but what happens? I mean, people get scammed all the time right now. Yes. Right. Like yes. identity theft, all sorts of theft. What happens when the bad guys get a hold of the AI and start leveraging that for bad instead of for good, sure. and they're just trying to scam people? Yep. And you think you're dealing with a real person, but a computer just scammed you, and that just keeps getting smarter and smarter and smarter. Well, and it yeah. will, and that's why I think having some kind of verification standard that would be good would be the only way to maintain legitimacy, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, there, this checks and balances thing of like, otherwise, yeah, people will get scammed. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where it's driving me. It's like for liability's sake, like, what bank, for example, is not going to want to say 
we have a verification process that you can trust so that you can trust your resources to us. Because if they can just fake being a machine and fake all the data and pretend to be like, you know, this deep fake stuff, we're going to have to get more clever about how we manage security. And it won't just be two-factor authentication. It'll be more exotic levels of it. But I think that that will be part of the system is that it will need to be able to... Can you imagine AI trying to scam AI? That would well, make for I an can. excellent movie. No, I can. Yeah. it happens. Yeah, it does. Well, maybe not scam, but, you know, there. Were, I, I think it was Facebook at one point. I may have told this story before, and uh, it, it may be hearsay as well because I can't, like, cite it. But I was told that they had two different AI systems that were trying to, like, negotiate with each other. And they shut it off because the system... The language was too slow and so it actually developed its own code system and they weren't sure what it was saying to each other because it was like clicks and taps instead hmm. of words and commands and they were like yeah we're gonna shut so this it down kind of like it, out. Huh. it started to evolve its communication style with each other and it almost created its own language outside yes. of wow yes, outside of what was initially coded right so that i mean it's just prop solving a problem mm -hmm. right it's becoming more efficient in the process but if two things have different goals and they're negotiating against each other, well, that's a market, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's all that is. So it, it doesn't suggest that the markets will all align and they'll just be one price. It suggests that there will still be people trying to code for their own gain. And that's exactly what a market does. Right. And it so it means more in, in theory, like thinking about the stock market, and maybe how this relates to investors. If AI gets more powerful within the marketplace, those errors, I'm going to kind of, finger quote that on air, but those price discrepancies might get closed sooner. Those price gaps might get closed oh, sooner because if AI can exploit a price gap, that just makes for a more fair market for everyone. That's well, where my mind is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, well, uh, I don't know. Right? Yeah, that's we're all theorizing. Yeah, that, I think that's a good way to say it. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Uh, the, the question is, you know, kind of going forward. Well, let me just sort of shift again. Like, how might it develop? Mm -hmm. okay, let, let's 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 shift just to that, and let's use the internet as a map. Okay, and the reason I think this is really interesting is this this kind of colors a lot of theory underneath what's going on, and AI probably just exaggerates this. Okay. Right. My theory is that the, the market and the ability to exploit the market, like, like day trading's gotten shorter and shorter mm -hmm. because exploits shrink faster because information moves faster. And that's what I think the internet really did is it changed the speed of information. Because if, if you remember first, it was the internet was creation, right? Like, well, how do we connect different sources so we can get to the information? But then it became a question of deployment. How do we get it to everybody? Oh, phone lines. But then it became a question of speed. And it was no longer dial-up modems. It became DSL lines and cable internets and then fiber optic. And then it became massive bandwidth. And then it went fully wireless. And first it was terrestrial, right, based on Earth and cell mm -hmm. towers and so forth. And now we have it in satellites. Right. And so you have high-speed broadband everywhere. And artificial intelligence is going to take a lot more bandwidth and it's a lot more bandwidth. But speed. what's AI do? 
it handles volume of information nearly really, instantaneously. Really, right. Right. I so, wonder if that's where you insert blockchain. Well, I think blockchain in a, is in the a validity. Right? Yeah. Like I think that the the magic of blockchain, when we go back to verification and you know, is it a human or not? I think blockchain will be essential in AI might yeah, AI will likely have to rely on blockchain moving forward. Well, I, I think, think I think humans will, right? Mm -hmm. Because AI could spoof so many things. You need lots of blockchain management to keep things secure. Right. But you were gonna say something right before the blockchain. Just that just like the internet, the way it evolved initially was the access, like there were only a handful of providers. Like everybody had AOL at one time, kind of. Right, right, yes. And then it got fractured and distributed everywhere. And, and you know, the government broke up some stuff and, and said, look, it needs to be more broadly distributed. And, and, it, and it was. And then what we saw was the traffic got gobbled up by a few players, right? So it was like the, the, the server company. So you've got basically Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook have the majority of server traffic. And there are some other providers too. And so that was the web 1.0 transition to web 2.0. And now we've seen this transition to 3.0 where the it's no longer a handful of companies that control all the information, right? The information is starting to be democratized. And that's what blockchain was really important about was validating information and securing it in independently of these major data providers right right so it was the breakaway from like google and microsoft tell everybody what to do so well, that's the interest now ai just becomes super powerful users of course the giant companies have all the resources right now right and they're all trying to get across the goal line first like mm -hmm. ibm has watson and Microsoft has ChatGPT and Google has Bard, right? Like they all have these different players in the game and they're all trying to advance yeah. those really rapidly. Well, and, and AI was, I think the magic is in machine learning, right? Mm -hmm. AI has been around for a long time, right? It's right. kind of like just really more sophisticated decision trees. But having it be able to study and learn and write new code for itself to evolve, that's the interesting thing. And I'm, we're getting into theory I don't understand yet. I just know that that's the part about AI that's really kind of remarkable is that it can figure stuff out and sort of solve problems and get better. So yeah, there's all these different systems providing it and there is kind of an arms race. Here's what I find fascinating, like where the market thought it was gonna go. Like did, did Facebook just swing and miss by changing their name to Meta thinking they were- Investors be did, They investors thought that they missed and we saw a huge yeah, it, it drawdown, changed, right? yeah. And, and it's recovered a ton but you know, Facebook is also kind of reinvested into AI as well. Oh yeah. And so originally this idea was, we're gonna have a virtual reality space, a whole new world or world of worlds. Mm -hmm. And who's gonna be hosting this? And you know, we're all gonna put on virtual reality glasses and exist in an alternative universe. And that kind of, I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say that's fizzled a little bit compared oh, to where yeah. people thought it would be. I suspect it'll be back. I'm sure like, it will. I, I think it will be because I think AI will help with the development, mm -hmm. uh, but it will also, you know, artificial or, or you know, call it virtual reality, augmented reality, all kinds of different variables, variables around that. I don't think those are gone, but I think that AI has clearly captured attention. 
My question is, is AI a little bit like what blockchain was for a while and Bitcoin a few years back? Like back in 2017 or 18, Bitcoin mm-hmm. you know, went from virtually nothing to nuclear in value. You know, goes from you could have bought it for $2 a coin I'm to $70,000. I'm going to say no. And here's why I say no, that it is different. So you look at Bitcoin and um, cryptocurrencies. That's something that you can really regulate. I don't know that AI can be regulated the same way that a currency can be regulated because there's so much innovation behind it and there's so many different people that can develop it. I just don't know how you regulate AI in the same way that you regulate a currency. So that's, that's, this, is, that's, this is fun. This is where I get to disagree with Matt on air. Okay. I totally think you can because the regulatory authority has guns. Right? And I mean, the same way that the toughie about Bitcoin was, like, is could there be a black market for it? Hundred mm-hmm. percent, right? If there's a black market for drugs, right? And and we've tried for years to shut that down ineffectively. And I think AI can work the same way that you can have uh, actors that just say, well, you know what? I can be in an ecosystem anywhere, and I can create these things, and it can do what it's going to do. And so I, but I think you can still regulate it, and then you have the difference between like sort of black hat and white hat in terms of how it's operating. Hmm. See, I, and I could be wrong, obviously, but I look at it and say, you know, a currency is something that you can make illegal to, you know, make, have transactions with, right. Or you can tax it. You can kind of follow the, the money trail in a sense. But, um, with AI, I just don't know. I mean, they've talked about it, right. Elon Musk called for Congress to look at finding well, ways like to a thousand companies that signed an open letter that said this, we need regulation right. on this before it becomes dangerous and out of control. Right. And I just step back and I look and I say, how do you regulate it? I mean, like, what would you? Will you start? I All right. That's a good question. Yeah. Let's let's where start do you with start? Low hanging fruit. And I know nothing about it. And I'm still going to take a stab. OK. After our last break. I'm ready for this. Yeah. So AI regulation, we'll see if we can't make it relevant to our investors. The okay. first important profit break. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. We got True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. No, I, I just. You can't, I, you can't that, regulate I, but, it out of existence. But, it's here to stick. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not advocating or even suggesting that that's what happens. I'm saying you can't. Just say like because people will break the regulations, you can't regulate it. Okay, you. I'll I'll secede on that. You can you can place regulations in effect. Yeah, it's a all right. If you welcome back to the True Well Show, David Matt arguing off air, coming on air. Yep. Because right, we didn't prep this one, and it's the question was about artificial intelligence and can it be regulated? And Matt, you've said it largely can't. And I yep. said. You can regulate whatever you want. The question is whether or not anybody will follow them. Or can you enforce it? Are they enforceable regulations? So maybe we're actually thinking more along the same lines. Well, enforcement's challenging, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you can enforce it if AI is for profit, right? Right. Because if people are trying to make money from it, especially, I mean, this is is where you can, like, force a digital currency into existence, is you don't want a black market anymore, then you create a digital currency so you know where it is. Mm-hmm. And then when some, and I'm not advocating for that, by the way, I'm just telling you, like, this is the progression for everybody. It's like, well, what happens when paper dollars go away? It's like, it's true. You can't pay under the table anymore. And, and 
just so you know, there are factions that will fight against this because the very folks that will say things like, we should not have a secure border. Okay, and, and then that's, a, I realize, even the way I'm phrasing it, but if, if you're in favor of not having uh, any kind of border parameters, then somebody enters the country illegally and they want to get a job, how do they get paid? Mm-hmm. Right? You're going to know that they're not here legally and they're getting paid because you track the money. So there's parties that don't want to track it. Okay? That's true. They just don't. Okay, and it's not necessarily the people that are paying them. It's the people that are saying we need these people to cross the border or whatever else. I don't care what your politics are right now. That's how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Okay, whichever team you're on, you want it or you don't want it. That's one of the, the it's a it's a conundrum, right? Because like you you can't say we can't track somebody when you can if you're paying them because mm-hmm. that's how digital currency would work. And that's one of the things that you could enforce with AI is if you're trying to use it for nefarious purposes to capture money, we'll know where the money went. And they can just sort of say, well, it's not yours, so we can deactivate it and recover it because we know who it belongs to now. Now, that puts a ton of power in the government's hands, which is equally dangerous and concerning to many, many people. Because mm-hmm. now the government basically can... They can toggle the switch. claim that your resources are theirs, right? So, yep. hey, the IRS wants to fine you. It's up to you to claim it back. They'll just take it, right? I mean, that's the issue at play here. It's like, that's a little too... Lo- that's, there's too much authority in the hands of folks where we have trust issues, right? Let's and just, for good I mean, reason. Let's just say that. There are trust issues in government these days, mm-hmm. okay? Win, lose, or draw, right, wrong, or otherwise, there are trust issues. Well... When we start blindly believing that their best interest is always in the people, yeah. you got to watch out. So all this to suggest that there are ways to cripple AI mm-hmm. in, those, in, in, in some of those respects. But I agree with you that just, I mean, guns are a really good example, right? They're just a great example. Just because you put regulations in place doesn't mean that bad actors will follow them. Mm-hmm. So in which right. case, do you penalize all the good actors? And not catch the bad actors? Well, yeah. that's kind of fruitless, isn't it? Yeah. Basically, you turn everybody else into criminals to stop the criminals that never stop. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, well, that's not a good solve. Then, and, 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 and trying to shut AI down when it does many things that are great. Right. Like, like We talked about this, but imagine if you had AI has this huge access to data and you're in an emergency room condition and you're triaging and you're trying to get to the fastest solution that's going to save somebody's life. And it's capable of digesting all of that data and discarding the things that are less relevant. And pulling up your past medical history and it's all it's, right there. And, and it's it, like, and it computes what you need. And it yeah. saves your life. Well, now you love it. Right? Yeah. AI just did everybody a favor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we throw the baby out with the bathwater and assume this is all going to be the Terminator coming for our end, okay, AI is an incredibly useful tool also. And you, I mean, I know you always like to loop this back into what does it mean for investors. I mean, I'm seeing, and I think we talked about this a little bit before the show, the tech sector is huge, right? It is, and, and it's <laughs> by time to break that up into sub- subsectors. Here we see AI just yep. blowing up. At some point, right, this might actually make a whole new sector inside of the stock market. Sure. Well, I really think you're going to see tech first fracture along hardware and software. And I think AI is mm. no different. Like the NVIDIA story we talked earlier about, not a recommendation, is that it's a hardware provider capable of running software AI really yeah. well, right? 
who's writing the software? Like Microsoft bought OpenAI. Mm-hmm. They, they're a provider of the architecture that that does right. AI. Right? And then there are companies that actually build the networks that host the AI, right? So there's yeah. a... Well, like the internet is, it's not going to go away either. You still got to move the information that the mm-hmm. AI is using. The so internet it's just get might look different. Somewhere. It's got to get moved around. Right. So the internet is still going to be super important. It's going nowhere. This is another layer of sophistication. It it's is. a new tool, new mm-hmm. frontier. It's like building a new highway inside the internet. Yeah. Well, or sure, a new highway. I, I, I was like, it's like building a, like another user is showing, showing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a new player in the game that needs right. to use this infrastructure right and so we have to expand if we need it their space issues well yeah the bandwidth space is going to continue to be an issue because ai is such a gobbler of data mm-hmm. right and so we just got to have that throughput so as investors consider some of these trends and we'll see where it goes and if they need to talk to someone because they're unsure of what's happening and they need some some clarity who do they call well, I would recommend us. Sure. If you don't have somebody already, Matt, how do they reach us? 541-375-0898 or shoot us an email at info at littlejohnfs.com. All right. Well, you can tell by the music we're out of time. So uh, we're going to wrap up. But thanks for tuning in. Uh, until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.